Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. We get to go watch a football game? Live and in person? Well, maybe not all of us, but at least some of us, and that's better than none of us. Welcome into Nuanas Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports and maybe a little pop culture each and every day right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching it in statewide television, SWX Montana. We talk all things sports around the state of Montana. I am Coulter Nuanas. If you want to listen to the show other than the radio or the television, you can do that by going to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on the Listen Live tab. There you will find the live stream, which is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give me a call, shoot me a text, 406-361-3688. That's 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We're going to talk college football off the top, talk a little bit about the Bobcats. They... Open spring football on Wednesday. They will not have any games this spring. They're just going to do the traditional spring ball. It will culminate in the Sunny Holland inter-squad scrimmage uh, late in April. And uh, Montana, they've already been rolling on spring ball for a couple weeks now. They are in preparation. They're going to have twice as many practices, though, because they're in preparation for a pair of games, April 10th and April 17th. And yesterday, or I guess Tuesday it would have been, University of Montana Athletic Department, they announced that Roughly 5,000 fans will get to watch Montana take on such Washington and Portland State. So we'll give you full updates on all the details. It's really long. I got three pages of notes here. I'm not going to bore you with all of it, but I'll give you the quick and dirty 
of what you need to know on how you can maybe be one of those 5,000 people that attends the Grizz football games here in a little bit less than a month. It's also a Thursday, so one last time around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. She'll be stopping by about 4.15, 4.20. So we will recap everything from the last couple weeks, the Idaho State run to the championship game uh, and the uh, ending up as the Big Sky Conference Tournament champions at their performance against Kentucky in the NCAA Tournament over the weekend. Where Idaho State goes from here, and also what is the gap between Idaho State and Idaho, Montana, Montana State, and some of the other contenders in the Big Sky Conference. We'll go over all that and much more in Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath, presented by Stephen Hoop of Missoula, one of the great new speakeasies here in town. Second hour, a couple good interviews for you. Got up with Chris Chudovitsky earlier today. He is the head women's soccer coach for the University of Montana. His team off to an undefeated start uh, in Big Sky Conference play, and overall they're 3-0. and they only are going to have six more conference matches, but two of those are here in Missoula this weekend. If the weather holds, and who knows if that's going to happen, but uh, they will play Portland State both Friday and Sunday. Those games are at Big Sky High School, so you want to go check them out. We get an update on, from Coach Chudovitsky and uh, just the status of his team. They are the big defending Big Sky Conference champions, and they're off to a great start. Three straight shutouts to start the season for Lady Grizz soccer. And then we continue our MLB previews. Broke down the NL West yesterday. We'll break down the American League West today. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director. Uh, he was not able to come into the studio today, so we actually recorded a little earlier. We'll share that interview with you as well. We're going to continue to roll out our Major League Baseball previews uh, as the uh, next week or so comes along because, holy cow, don't look now, it's opening day in uh Major League Baseball next Thursday. Wild to think that spring is on the horizon. Maybe spring's here. It's a beautiful day here in Missoula. I hope anybody that's out there listening throughout the state of Montana is having a great Thursday as well. Hopefully the weather is nice for you. If you are watching in on TV, you can see here we have our two uh, pieces of art. We have our Opportunity Bank sign. Obviously, they're one of our sponsors of this show. And then we also have... Grizz Greats, the 1995 National Champions painting. This is a special painting we had uh, commissioned to accompany our Grizz Greats, the Silver Anniversary of the 95 National Champions podcast series. So that was a 25-part podcast series that we worked on all through last fall and through this uh, winter. All the episodes are up now if you want to go check out grizzgreats.com. If you're not listening on, or if you're not watching on TV, you can't see the painting, but you can look at it on our social media. I'll continue to put it out there on social media. Uh, but if you want to visualize it, it has all sorts of really cool elements. The three main figures, Dave Dickinson, Hall of Fame quarterback for the University of Montana, Don Reed, arguably the greatest coach in the history of UM football, and Andy Larson, the man who made the game-winning kick against Marshall in the 1995 National Championship game back in December of 1995 to lift Montana to that 22-20 victory over Marshall. You also have some great representations of the stadium in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, you got a, a great representation of both Marshall and the Grizz, uh, renditions of their logos. You got Main Hall in the background from the University of Montana campus. It's set at the base of Mount Sentinel. It's a super, super cool. You got the goalpost from the, the championship game as well. It's a super, super cool painting. Really, really unique. It's one of a kind. We're only uh, going to have a, a limited edition of these, but I have a custom print framed one for you. This is over a $600 retail value here at the studio, and we're going to be giving this away. We're going to give this away on April 16th. So April 16th, that's the Friday before the second and final Grizz spring football game. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to 
write a little essay. I want you to write me an essay about your favorite memories of football in the state of Montana. It could be a Grizz memory, a Bobcat memory, a high school football memory. Obviously, a lot of the people that are going to want this painting are Grizz fans, but this is an awesome piece of art that I think any football fan would really enjoy. Just write me, you know, 250 words, not, not you know, just a half a page or so. Just It doesn't have to be a long-form four-page essay. Just give me half a page to a page just about your favorite football memory from the state of Montana. It's got to be something that's oriented to the state of Montana. How are you going to get it to me? Any way you want. You can put it uh, in a Google Doc. Send me the link on Twitter, at 1029ESPN, or at Skyline Sports MT or at Coulter underscore Nuanez. You can also email it to me. Coulter at MissoulaBroadcasting.com. You can um, post it on our Facebook. You can send it as a message on the Facebook. Any electronic form of communication, you can send it along to us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, and we will uh, then be giving this away here in a little less than a month. So this is going to be fun. We're really excited for this. But if you want to purchase one of these paintings, if you don't want to wait or you just want your own, or maybe you want a poster, you don't want the full-size painting, or maybe you want a sweatshirt, a t-shirt. We have all those available as well. All you got to do is visit rbagley3.com. That's R-B-A-G-L-E-Y-3.com. Former Grizz wide receiver Ryan Bagley painted this thing for us. And uh, he's a great artist. He's got a bunch of art on his webpage. But please go check that out. And uh, great gifts for any Grizz fans in your life. Great. Uh, it'll be a great promotion. It'll be fun. I can't wait to see and hear from all you, all your essays. We might even set up a woofoo form for you to submit your essays as well. But as of now, Twitter, Facebook, email, any of those electronic ways works. Again, it's Coulter at MissoulaBroadcasting.com for my email address. Or you can hit us up at 1029 on Twitter or at Skyline Sports MT. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. Pretty easy. Should be easy for you guys to take care of business. And we are excited to give that away. Here's the quick and dirty of the Grizz hosting a limited number of fans for their games against Central Washington on April 10th and Portland State on April 17th. Because of the the county health department regulations, they have a new ticketing procedure for the two games. The the main thing you're going to need to remember, gogrizz.com backslash spring football. That's gogrizz.com backslash spring football. If you make your way to gogrizz.com, That'll get you there. You can probably click through, but if you go backslash spring FB, spring FB, gogrizz.com backslash spring FB, that will take you there. New stop, the new site has one stop shopping for information on ticket costs, availability, purchases, process, and timelines, as well as parking, clear bag policies, frequently asked questions, all that. The tickets are going to be digital. We just did digital tickets the whole time we were in Indianapolis at the NCAA tournament. Riley Corcoran and myself did, and it was great. It was easy. Just press it. You just scan it. It's all good. Nobody has to have any exchanges, so it's safe. It's fun. It's easy, all that stuff. They'll they'll just send them straight to your email address once you're able to purchase the tickets, so that's easy. Digital ticketing, that should make sense to everybody. Week of game ticket sales with the ease of the mobile ticket delivery. Tickets will go on sale starting the Monday of each game week to tiered groups of fans with each level of season ticket holders guaranteed limited ticket availability. So tickets will be available at specified times only for tiered groups of fans, grizzticks.com. Spring tickets will be sold as standalone events separate from traditional season ticket packages. This means season ticket holders from previous seasons are not guaranteed tickets or their normal seats for the spring season. So you got to remember that. Tickets will be sold in pods of two or four only, an individual Grizz ticket account holder may purchase a maximum of four tickets. 
the on-sale timeline. Each week, tickets will go on sale in the following order with limited guaranteed allotment available for each level of season ticket holder. Any remaining tickets will be placed on sale to the general public. So here's how it goes. The game, the first game, the game for April 10th, it will start on April 5th at 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m., excuse me. UM students, quarterback club members, Champion Center donors, and Stadium Club members will get to buy their tickets. 1 p.m., season ticket holders who donated all or a portion of their 2020 season ticket payments will get to buy. And uh, then Tuesday of game week, uh, that first week, each of the first two weeks, 8.30 on Tuesday, all GSA members, Grizzly Scholarship Association members, and all GSA season ticket holders will get to buy them at 8.30. And then at 1 p.m. Tuesday, all season ticket holders will have a chance to buy them. And then finally... Wednesday at 8.30, the general public, if there are tickets available, will have a chance to buy them. And uh, all the rest of this stuff, we will. Uh, you can just go to gogrizz.com backslash springfb. Gogrizz.com backslash springfb, and they will give you all the things you need to know. They have health and safety guidelines in there, information about tailgating. Uh, they have gold, silver, copper, maroon, and elsewhere levels of tickets. They range between thirty and fifty-five dollars, so pretty affordable uh, comparatively to normal competitive ticket prices for college sports. So there you go, gogrizz.com backslash spring football. Listen to Nuanez now, one zero two nine ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every day from four to six right here on one zero two nine ESPN Missoula couple quick thoughts about the Bobcats. By the way, Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com. He'll join me tomorrow. Talk a little more about spring football. But I had a chance to have Zoom calls with Brent Vegan, new head coach, as well as uh, Lewis Kidd, a captain offensive lineman. Troy Anderson, uh, All-American, do-everything, who's going to be playing mostly linebacker this year at Montana State in his final year for the Bobcats. Got to catch up with Bobby Daly, linebacker's coach, as well as Brian Armstrong, offensive line coach. All those people had Zooms yesterday. So we'll have content, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as here on this show uh, to preview Montana State's spring drills. Um, But... Main stories coming out of Bobcat camp. You got stacked fronts, basically. Bobcats returned four of their five stars on the offensive line. They are moving some guys around. They're expecting um, a, a couple different pieces to maybe move around. Cole Sane, who actually started his career at the University of Montana and then went to a junior college, he's there, so he might get some work in at center, which would then bump Zach Red to guard. And then uh, Taylor Tuyasasopo, Lewis Kidd, Connor Wood, they'll all play their normal positions. So Bobcats have a lot of talent. They have three all-big sky returners on the offensive line and a, a group that's been together for a while. So that should be a strength on the defensive side of the ball. The front seven should be really good. They got returning starters like Callahan O'Reilly, inside linebacker Troy Anderson at outside linebacker, Daniel Hardy at outside linebacker, Amandre Williams uh, coming off the edge. He's going to be playing a little bit more DN, a little bit less buck because they're going to be running a little bit more of an even man front instead of an odd man front, more of a four man front instead of a three man front like they've run the last four seasons under Jeff Choate. So that'll be an interesting adjustment because they do have a lot of linebacker type bodies, a lot of guys that can play that buck or Sam spots off the edge. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they adjust the front, but I do think they have the personnel to do it. On the inside, Chase Benson from Helena, Montana. He should be one of the best interior guys in the league as well. And uh, I think the biggest question marks the Bobcats, the secondary and the passing game. they got to find a quarterback. Tucker Rovick has been the starter for the better part of a year and a half, but they brought in Matt McKay from North Carolina State to challenge him at quarterback. And then Casey Bauman has some starting quarterback experience at the Division One level as well. So keeping an eye on the quarterback battle will definitely be a key one at Montana State. 
the receivers, I mean, they've recruited some pretty talented guys. Some of their younger receivers, guys like Jaden Smith and Charles Brown, uh, they got a lot of talent. And uh, some of the upperclassmen, I mean, guys like Lance McCutcheon, he's been in the program and he's played a lot of football. He hasn't caught a lot of passes because they haven't thrown the ball that much. I'm so interested to see how their passing game improves without Jeff Choate because that was the the glaring knock under an otherwise pretty sterling program and the pretty good uh, trajectory that he had them on making it to the semifinals last season for the first time in 35 years. So can they figure out how to throw the football on the offensive side of the ball? They're going to be able to stop the run. They're going to be able to run the ball because that's just the way that their DNA has been because that's the way Choate recruited. That's the way he wanted to play. Can they stop the pass? Because this is a, a pass-happy league, especially with Bo Baldwin back in it at Cal Poly. Poland State's going to be able to throw the ball this year. Eastern Washington, we know, can throw the ball. Idaho State's got a new quarterback in Tyler Vanderwall. It looks pretty damn good. Uh, so they'll be able to throw the ball better than they have in the past. Idaho looks like a lot better uh, as a passing team as well. Weber State might even have a guy that's pretty special playing quarterback as well. So can the Bobcats defend the pass? The one guy since Choate left that's into the transfer portal, Munchie Filer. He was a All Big Sky corner in 2018. He missed the 2019 season. Uh, he's in the portal, so he's looking for a new home. They do have a returning starter in Tyrell Thomas, and they also have some young players uh, led by Eric Zambrano at corner that they really like. And at safety, you got to replace Jacque Allen. you got to replace Braden Conkle. you got to replace JoJo Henderson. They played a, a three-safety look often during the 2019 season. And so those three guys, as all being seniors, that'll be hard to replace as well. How does the scheme adjust? Maybe they don't do the three-safety look nearly as much, um, but that'll be a, a position to watch as well. They did bring in several transfers on the back end, including Jeffrey Manning Jr., who's from Oregon State. He played in the secondary at OSU with guys like Omar uh, Hicksanu and Trajan Cotton, who are both now with the Montana Grizzlies. So an exodus from OSU to the two Montana schools, uh, but we'll see how the safeties round out. Ty Okada is also a guy you got to mention as a junior who uh, has played some football for him as well, so uh, see if he can continue to improve. He's definitely been one of their most rapid developing players. More on Bobcat football spring ball as well as Grizz spring ball tomorrow. Brooks Nuanz will do that in the first hour. Still trying to figure out the second hour uh, of tomorrow's show as well, but at the very least we'll have an MLB uh, division preview as well. And Stay tuned for that a little later on in this show uh, as well. But more from spring football, including an interview with Brent Vegan tomorrow as well. So we'll keep you up to date of all the happenings in the greatest rivalry in the West between Montana and Montana State. It's good to have football back. And it's good that there's going to be some fans in the stands at Washington Grizzly Stadium for their games against Central Washington and Portland State. I, for one, cannot wait. Listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, or maybe watching in statewide television, SWX Montana. We got to go because I just saw our uh, wonderful women's basketball analyst, analyst, Krista Redpath, walk in. So she's here. So we'll do around the big sky in women's hoops one last time, recapping the season, comparing and contrasting Idaho State and where they're at against the rest of the league, particularly Idaho, Montana, Montana State, and some of the other top contenders. And uh, a couple other interesting things to talk about as well. So keep it right here on Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate.
Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to Nuanez Now, one-stop shop for all things sports every single day around the great state of Montana right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana. Thanks so much for tuning in in any way you are consuming the show. It's a Thursday. We're back in town on a Thursday for the first time in a couple weeks, actually. So we have our last edition for this season, at least, of Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. Krista, hello. How are you? I'm great, Coulter. I've missed you. I, I know. We got to sort of see each other in uh, Boise, but um, not really because I was on the third floor. You were on the second floor. We had a couple uh, times that, where I got to interview and stuff, but it's been a busy couple weeks, no question about it. But um you have to be loving all this basketball that we've oh, gotten to watch. It's just been incredible. I mean, even calling the Big Sky Tournament, it's so much fun to follow the teams and start with them and then end up crowning a champion. And especially after last year when it was canceled right before the championship game. So to get to go all the way through that and crown a champion and watch them have their experience in the big dance and then give Kentucky a run for their money. Yeah, uh, Idaho State played well. Two they quarters. They played great in two quarters. They did play well. We're going to get to the championship game uh, here in just a quick minute. But I was I was telling Riley Corcoran, our other uh, co-host here, that uh, I was like feeling like a junkie because I got to watch 30 basketball games in Boise, and then I got to watch 14 more in Indianapolis. And then yesterday I was just back to answering emails and putting together shows at my house, and I was just like, man, this is so depressing. I wish I had just stayed in Indianapolis forever. But it's been awesome. I, I can't wait for everybody to finally get to experience live sports again. Even at the Big Sky Tournament, there was only probably a couple hundred people at each game, and it was a tremendous difference how much better it is than watching it without any fans. I know. It's just been a weird year without the fans, but let you let you get front and center, Coulter. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. It absolutely did. I, I, I was teasing on the show in Boise, uh, the Montana State-Idaho State men's game. First of all, I thought the officiating uh, throughout the entire tournament was excellent. I thought it was very, very good. And the only game where they kind of let it get out of hand was the Montana State-Idaho State game. Part of that's because of the way that Idaho State's men play. They want to kind of junk it up. They play really physical. They crash the offensive glass so hard. So it was kind of going back and forth with some makeup calls. But anyways, there was a pretty good contingent of Bobcat fans there. And I said on the show... I have never been so happy to hear fans screaming at referees. Usually it annoys me, and I was like, this is great. We actually have fans screaming at refs. It was awesome. And there was a little bit of that in the women's tournament, too, where For you sure. hear some parents get pretty heated. You want to know who screams at the refs louder and better than anybody I've ever heard besides probably Robin Selvig? Jocelyn Tinkle. I was at both Oregon State games. You could hear her from a mile away. It's so cool that she is so supportive of her dad. I mean, she's like an assistant coach in the stands, cheering them on, coaching them up. It's it's great to watch. She knows her stuff. So oh, I, she absolutely absolutely knows her stuff. Four-time Final Four performer from right here in the great city of Missoula. So, uh, Tickle family, absolutely one of the best stories going in the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's been so cool that Wayne, a guy that's a University of Montana alum, former Grizz head coach, has uh, reached this level. And, I mean... There's a lot of people who are saying that he was coaching for his job, and I, now he's like, he's the most famous man in Corvallis. He's, he's the most famous man in the state of Oregon. My uncle lives in Astoria, Oregon. He was texting me saying, Wayne Tiggle should just run for governor after this because he's the most popular man in town. So cool for the Tiggle family, cool connection here to us at the uh, at, in the state of Montana as well. Did you do a bracket? How's your bracket doing? Uh, yeah, Not my bracket. Good. Well, I, I mean, for I, Gonzaga, I mean, I picked them for the men, so we'll see. Well, I mean, that's I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't want to. I don't want to be too uh, hyperbolous here, but and, and and the majority of the live college basketball I've watched in my career has been at the Big Sky Conference level, so it's been mid-major basketball. 
Gonzaga's absolutely the best college basketball team I've ever seen. They're unbelievable. Watching them live is, it, they're a machine. It's beautiful basketball, actually. It's, it's beautiful basketball. They, they go nine deep. They share the ball. But it, more than anything that I was so impressed with, the two things I was the most impressed with is you truly can't, you can't truly see how much of a maestro Mark Few is with his stuff out of timeouts and his substitutions until you see it in person. He plays a flawless lineup at all times while going nine deep. There's never like that moment where, okay, we just got to get to the next media because we need to get this player back in. Every lineup that they play is perfect. And the other thing that's so impressive, though, is, I mean, they're the highest scoring team in the country, and they're also the best defensive team I saw in that tournament. They play so hard. College basketball is a game of runs between the media timeouts. They go on like a 40-minute run. It's from start to finish. It's unbelievable to watch them live. I, I was blown away after we saw them. Well, Ohio State blew up my bracket. <laughs> I think you're not alone in that one. By the way, update uh, tournament challenge. We have our ESPN bracket challenge sponsored by Paradise Falls. You obviously can't redo your bracket, but we are doing a second chance bracket as well. I'm still trying to figure out maybe a little prize. We have so many great prizes for the big bracket, and those are still in the works, but we... I'm trying to figure out a little prize, but either way, just for bragging rights or whatever, go to Tournament Challenge, click on the Second Chance Bracket. You can pick from the Sweet 16 on, then search ESPN Missoula Second Chance, and uh, we have a Second Chance group there. Maybe it'll be for just for fun. Maybe we'll have a gift card for you or something, but either way, if you want redemption, I know pretty much everybody's bracket is busted, so uh, please be sure to go check that out. You're listening to Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath here on Nuana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Let's talk about the Idaho State Bengals. It was a, uh, I had kind of actually thought this was going to be the case. Out the gates, Diaba Kanate was among, if not the best athlete on the floor. And that's that's one of those special things when you have a mid-major where you have a player like her, where she might not be the best player in the world, but her athleticism is absolutely high major athleticism. And you could tell Kentucky didn't really prepare for it. And she was just like a whirling dervish. She was everywhere, controlling the game. And I don't say a great first quarter. They ended the first quarter up. They did. 18 to 12. Right. First quarter. But I feel like Diaba really elevated the pace of the game. And they did catch Kentucky on their heels. And it was it was killing me listening to the game because the announcers kept saying, I, I just don't understand why Kentucky hasn't found their offensive rhythm. And I'm like, why didn't someone give me a call? Right. Like, I tell you why. I don't because I think it's really good. Exactly. Right. And so I think, you know, Kentucky, they figured it out in the second quarter and Idaho State kind of cooled off. Um, you know, they struggled to find their offensive rhythm in the second and third quarters. It, it was That part was sort of tough to watch because... They were executing pretty well. Kentucky just kind of got up in their shorts, and uh, they were getting pretty good shots, and they just they weren't knocking them down. I think Callie Bourne and, and Dora Goles started a combined two of eighteen, but then they kept fighting, and that was the thing that I was That's so impressed. What I loved with. about yeah, yes. they, they kept fighting. They they could have just packed it in and lost that thing by forty, but they didn't. They scored thirty two points in the fourth quarter. Goles actually went off. I mean, she hit like four threes in the fourth quarter. She kept going. Kelly Bourne got a double figure, so I thought it was an impressive effort all the way around. And, I mean, just an eight-point loss to a Kentucky team that had one of the best players in the country in uh, the Howard girl. Uh, And they did a great job on her, too. I think she only had 12 or 14 points. Right. Ryan had nine rebounds, 14 points, and and she's a, a load. I mean, she really is on both ends of the floor. Uh, she is a quick player, and you really have to, you know, it's hard to take away one element of her game. 
game because she has she's so multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she was a lot of fun to watch. And she definitely came alive at, at certain points when they needed her and she stepped up. I don't know much about that coach from Kentucky. Do you know much about her? I think she was only in her. I think she, uh, yeah, I I I didn't, I didn't really know. They they had had a long time coach, I think, and I think this uh, gal she was really young, and I think she was only in her second year. So Kentucky is an interesting one because I've always wondered um, that league has such great basketball tradition, led by Tennessee, obviously. But I always thought Kentucky would be a place where you could be really good, and they have been pretty good lately. But they weren't really that good for a really long time. It's no, kinda, it's it's been up and down for them for, for sure. For sure. What uh, do you have any handicapping on the women's tournament? It's probably going to be the usual suspects, right? I mean, UConn's going to be in the final four for the what thirteenth year in a row. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with Texas last night, though. I watched that Texas UCLA game, and I, yeah, I was impressed. So I think yeah, but it, it seems like it's the same players in the women. And I didn't do a bracket for the women, sure, um, only because I just feel like I'm hanging on to every game, listening to every play by play and color analyst, just trying to learn as much as I can. And I look at the games from a different perspective. But I mean, you just can't count out UConn. You know, Baylor, I mean, those are some top schools that, you know, it's really interesting to look at the Big 12 and you look at like Baylor, Texas A&M and Texas all in like the same vicinity, so close together in just powerhouses all out of Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the lack of parity, the higher you get women's college basketball. Some might say it's not good for the sport. I actually think it's great for the sport. I think it's actually what's best about women's college basketball is in the men's game, you see a lot of times some of the best players, they don't want to go to a school where they know that there's going to be another guy there who might take playing time from them. Mm-hmm. So they'll go, you know, they'll go to, to Baylor instead of Texas. Or I guess that's a bad example because Baylor's the number one seed, but you know what I'm saying? Like they'll go, they'll go to a, you know, a Washington state instead of a Gonzaga because they don't want the competition of having to fight for a spot. I think it's great that they have such these internal competition. Did you watch the HBO documentary about Gino Oriema? I have not, and I have to see that. You have to see it. It's so, so good because he talks. Well, there's a whole episode about just their practices. I would pay money to go see that. It's the best college bas- women's college basketball you're going to find because they have all the best players. So the practices, like the first versus the second team, you're talking. I mean, their second team would probably be a top five or top ten team in in most years. And so the bad. I just I love the fact that. Uh, the culture of, of women's basketball still is to go fight for your spot. Go play for the best. Go play for the best coaches and and, and prove that you're the best. It's a great time of year, isn't it, Coulter? It absolutely is a great time of year. Let's talk more about Idaho State. So in this game, obviously the, the shooting in the middle quarters hurt them. But do you think there was any other missing element? I mean, it, the, thing is the, the, so, the thing that's so fascinating to me is that this zero year means that pretty much everybody can come back. Um, from everything I've heard and talked to from Seton Sobolewski, who's been on this show a couple times throughout the season, Idaho State's head coach, he said he was pretty darn confident that pretty much everybody was coming back. Uh, Steffi Ors, maybe we'll see. She, you know, the knee has really been a, an issue for her, even though she did power through it, won Big Side Tournament MVP. But it sounds like pretty much everybody else is going to come back. So if that's the case, if they want to make a run next year, they should probably be one of the favorites in the Big Sky. But if they wanted to really compete on the national level in the national tournament, what what is the piece that they need? Do you think? Well, I I like their squad. I mean, I think that they just continue to play together. I mean, I think that they, they're going to, if everyone does come back, which the same culture, I've heard rumors that they are going to come back and they're a real studious group, very smart. And so they're going to finish degrees and amazing if Idaho State continues to support that. 
from an administrative standpoint of continuing to let each of them, I mean, a Steffi would be on her second master's degree. It's amazing. Uh, so what an opportunity to come I, from Spain and get two master's degrees at a great school like Idaho State. And I think, um, I look at Dora, I think she'd like to take as much education back if she goes back to Croatia. So I think that's really um, impressive that Idaho State would support that. And obviously, if you have this cohesive group, why would you want to have that? you know, go away or bust that up at all. I mean, it just seems like a really good group. And I wouldn't change a whole lot or add too many pieces to Idaho State. I mean, I think they have them all covered. When you look at underneath, um, you know, the Delaney Moore, Ellie Smith combination of the bigs, they've got the guards, they have a Callie Bourne that does the things that maybe don't get noticed as much on the stat sheet, but she gets after it. She did struggle in the Kentucky game. She ended up with 10 rebounds though, 10 rebounds and 10 points. So she does all those little things that maybe go unnoticed, but from a guard standpoint, I mean, you cannot beat Diaba and, Gal- and, and and Dora. No doubt. I think if they could, they're not really much to take transfers. That's not really the, the style that they've had. I thought if they could get a, a sort of a, an experienced, like explosive score, they could put like a power forward. That could be a difference when they got to the the very top level, right? When you're battling against you know Idaho maybe or or um, you know Montana down the stretch, or when you get to the NCAA tournament, if, if you are able to repeat and go back, that was the one thing I thought that uh, Delaney Moore is such a solid fundamental player, and Ellie Smith is a good player too. But they they were missing just like that powerhouse post that could just get them a, a bucket underneath. Like if you could put like an Alicia Davis, right? If you put Alicia Davis on that team, man, wow! I know. I, our, our good buddy Bill Lambry, Montana State Sports Information Director, he's always had a, a running joke. He always says for mid major leagues when the tournament is over. The champion should get, be able to take one player from another team and take them to the NCAA tournament. Oh, so if you're East, right, right, if you're like if you're Eastern Washington, you get to take you know a, a good guard from from whomever. You know maybe you get to take Amin Adamu from Montana State, or if you're Idaho State, you get to take Alicia Davis with you. That, I just think that would be cool, like a, a just a, a just a pseudo draft, just for one time. Show the Big Sky's best. It, it would be fun. Listen to around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. It's presented in part by Staven Hoop. Saving Hoops, a great new speakeasy. It's located right below Pangea. Um, they have great specials all the time. They're open from 4 p.m. until midnight. They're closed on Sundays and Mondays, but they're open Tuesday through Saturday. For all the daily specials, go to staveandhoop.com backslash daily speakeasy specials. If you just go to staveandhoop.com, though, you'll find the specials tab and click right there. Uh, this is one of the best specials in town, though. You can get a local burger and a local draft beer for under 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. And you also can uh, participate in some trivia if you need something to do on Wednesday nights. We have a $25 gift card for you. To Staven Hoop, give me a call right now, 406-361-3688. We'll take caller number two, 406-361-3688. $25 to go check out Missoula's newest and hippest speakeasy, Staven Hoop. Okay, so Idaho State should be, if they return everybody, probably the favorites in the league next year. But that's the most fascinating part about it to me. This is where, because you have this extra season, who takes advantage of it the most? What if Beyonce Bedis becomes the best player in the league and that puts Idaho over the top? Or what if Alicia Davis, who is the MVP of the league as only a sophomore, takes a similar jump like she did between her freshman and sophomore year going into her junior year? Then all of a sudden, they could be the team to beat. Same thing at Montana with the, the three... The, the big three in Carmen G. Feller, Sophia Styles, Abby Anderson. Montana State, what if Darren White takes another step? You know, there's just a whole bunch of different elements to this. Um, so 
I mean, do you agree? Do you think that's kind of the key? Who can take the biggest jump in the offseason? You can't just say this is chalk, right? If, I, if you can't just say if everybody returns everybody, then Idaho State is going to win it because there is a chance for these other teams to kind of close the gap. Oh, I think so. I mean, when you look at this bracket, I mean, Idaho State clearly just took advantage and pounded on Idaho. I mean, the final was like 84 84- 49. So yeah. I think that maybe wasn't a good indicator. It wasn't. I, I, and, and to be fair, too, I mean, no Gina Markson for yeah. Idaho. She's no out Haley with COVID. No Haley Christopher. Beyonce B got hit under the eye. She had to get six stitches. You could tell that was affecting the way she was shooting. Right. And uh, they had one more. Who was, oh, oh Gabby Harrington uh, busted her ankle against Montana State. And so she was a little bit slow as well. So they were really, I mean, newly, John Newley said it after the game. He said, you know, all the credit in the world, Idaho State, they outplayed us, but we just, we had nothing left. We, did, we were out of gas. Right, right. I, I look at Montana State to, to be an emerging leader. I mean, I thought that they had all the tools this year. I really like them from a defensive standpoint as well. When I look at the length of Lamardo, Sky Lindsay, Deedon, some of those various pieces that I think make Montana State more of a complete team. So I think they could really step up and be dominant in the next few years. I do look at Idaho, you know, you got to look at Idaho and you, you think about Beyonce B and the growth she made to your point, Coulter, between seasons, she was a good player, but she turned into a great player and it, and it happened between two seasons. And so could we see that happen around the league? Absolutely. But when I look at Idaho and I look at Gandy and I look at the fact that they'll have Markson and they'll have B, I look at that and think you have some shoes to fill with Clinker leaving if she decides to leave. I mean, that's the big question, Coulter, on every roster right now. And I don't even think head coaches wanted to have that conversation, though, before the tournament, because they're thinking, well, do I want everybody back? So I think there's some movement with rosters and some dynamics there. But I I look to Idaho, Idaho State, Montana State to be the top again. I think Montana has some weapons. If they could find some other perimeter pieces to fit in, I think they could be in the mix. I also think Northern Colorado and Northern Arizona. We're going to talk more about the future of the big sky. Uh, in the second portion of this around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with our women's basketball analyst, Krista Redpath. But one quick note on Montana State. I was gonna, I told you we were going to lead the, with this, and then I totally forgot in the span of 10 seconds. That's my specialty. But one player that is going to be done at Montana State is Tori Martell. She's a 4.0 student. She's already got her nursing degree, and uh, she's going to go be a tremendous nurse, and she's probably going to go rip up a city league in Minneapolis next year. But uh, Tori Martell has been selected to be one of just eight participants from across the country in the NCAA Final Four Women's Basketball three-point shooting contest. To me, this is amazing, right? I mean, this is, talk about great exposure for your school. What an honor. I mean, that's just great. We know Tori Martell can get hot, though, and shoot the ball. And, I mean, she's definitely worthy of being there. Um, that's a huge nod to Coach Benford and what she's growing over in Bozeman. And, I, yeah, I think that's just so impressive. When you watch the three-point shooting contest, especially uh, at the NBA level, sometimes the best three-point shooters are guys that are jump shooters, and when they do the three-point contest, they get tired. Like the J.J. Reddicks of the world, like he he's one of the best shooters in the history of the league, but he's never won a three-point contest because he's a jump shooter, so he gets tired by the end. Steph Curry can can be a set shooter even though he is a jump shooter too. Clay Thompson is a jump shooter. Like some of those guys, they, they don't have the endurance. The best guys in the three point contest are the ones that shoot the set shots. I can't That's think of a, I can't think of a better set shot shooter than Tori Martell, right? I mean, honestly, I think that 
she is one of the most automatic, if she has her feet set and the fundamentals are right, she's one of the most automatic shooters I've ever covered. And so I'm thinking with no defense, I mean, she might go out there and just hit every single one. Well, we've seen her absolutely get hot. But also, yeah, her release is just interesting. I mean, she does, I mean, when we're talking in game, her release is really difficult to guard. But if she gets that rhythm, mm-hmm. Coulter, she could do some major damage. Oh, she could do some major damage. I mean, honestly, if there was Vegas betting odds, I'm putting money on Tori Martell because no defense, maybe, you know, she might not be getting the pocket passes from Darian White, but I'm telling you she could definitely go out there and score 25 or 30 in that in that three-point shooting contest. a perfect score is 30 by the way she could absolutely challenge that if she if she gets going early she's not nervous great player great exposure for montana state too i mean i think that as good of being in the ncaa tournament is for your program and your school i think this might even be higher level exposure i mean if you were to, if you're a big side team to make a run to the sweet 16 or something like that like the lady grizz did back in the in the early 90s that's on that, that's unprecedented levels of exposure but I know State got good exposure playing Kentucky, but I think it's even better because you're going to have men's and women's basketball fans watching this thing. And nationally televised. Nationally televised. It's at the Final Four. I mean, you're going to be on ESPN. I mean, I, I just I think it's as good for your brand as you could possibly get. Yeah. It is a testament to Coach Bidford and her program as well. So congratulations to Tori Martell. And uh, definitely one of my favorites I've ever covered, too. What a nice girl. I mean, she's such a... She's such a uh, personable and polite. She's always cheerful. So it'll be really fun. We'll be rooting her on from here. Um, more around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. We're going to talk more about the futures of the teams in the league, comparing and contrasting what the gap is like between Idaho State and some of the other contenders, specifically the ones from Montana. I want to talk specifically about Montana, the Lady Grizz, right after this on Nuana's Now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. I'm Welcome back, everybody. Hope you have a great Thursday. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Good news, if you didn't hear, some, not all, but some, people are going to get to go to the Grizz games. Uh, the football games on April 10th and April 17th against Central Washington and Portland State, respectively. Roughly 5,000 fans get a chance to go to Washington Grizzly Stadium. If you missed anything in all the details, you can listen to the first segment of this show on the podcast, or you can just go to gogrizz.com backslash springfb. That's gogrizz.com backslash springfb. They have all of the specifics in terms of ticketing, accessibility, um, requirements, all that stuff. So it's going to be a, probably a big push. I think there's going to be some people that are disappointed they don't get tickets, but... Take it for what it's worth. It's good that we're going to have fans in the stands, and uh, it's just the first step towards hopefully what is 
a rock in Washington Grizzly Stadium, a rock in Bobcat Stadium, and rock in stadiums across the Big Sky Conference and all of college football next fall. That's what we're hoping for, but something better than nothing. So uh, it is exciting that there is going to be fans uh, at Washington Grizzly Stadium for spring football. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Krista Redpath joining me in studio as she does each Thursday. It's Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops presented in part by Pangea. Pangea right now, they're open from Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m., they have one of the best happy hours in town every day that they're open from 4 to 5.30. So right now, you can head on down to Pangea. you got 45 minutes left here for the great happy hour. You're going to have half off all house wines, all well drinks, and all draft beers, including local drafts like Big Sky, Byron, and Kettle House, and half off all appetizers. Go give Pangea, one of Missoula's favorite new restaurants in downtown, a try today. All right, Crystal, let's talk a little bit more about some of the, the, the future. So i got a, a broad question for you. Okay. How... How big, if at all, do you think the gap is between Idaho State and the other uh, sort of top half of the league teams in the Big Sky Conference? I think that three teams are definitely at the top, and I still feel the same way, even after that shellacking that Idaho State had against Idaho. And I think that they offensively put it together. And, I mean, I really think the difference in two of those three teams is they play such tough defense because I do feel like Montana State does as well. Right. Um, so, no, I, I still feel that way. And I think Northern Colorado proved themselves to be in the mix on that on that fourth team. And I still left the tournament thinking, okay, those four teams could be the future. To me, Idaho State, their, their advantages are not necessarily the talent because I do think that even the top five teams in the league, and I would throw Montana in that mix, particularly because of their frontline talent. Um, there's not that big of a talent gap. In fact, in terms of just pure natural gifts, Carmen G. Feller is one of the most naturally talented players in the league. She's probably She would probably be, in terms of just talent, I would say she would be Idaho State's one of their three most talented players, maybe even one of their two most talented players. Well, Coach Sobolewski also talked about Abby and Carmen. Yeah, Abby being, Anderson's also being, very talented. Being the top four or five in the league at various times throughout the year, and I believe that. I think that between those two right there and what they bring to the game and um, Abby being able to take that nice uh, dribble to the basket from the top of the key, she's agile down there, and then Carmen's just she's just shoots so prolifically. So you got both of those two, and I, uh, coaches around the conference noticed that too. For sure. And then, I mean, you talk about some of the other great players. I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is Idaho State, they win because more than anything because of two specific factors. One, they're unbelievable team chemistry. I mean, they're so unselfish. They move the ball better than any team in the Big Sky, men's or women's, and it's not close, which then creates the balance. But I also think it's really underrated that they have – three true point guards that can play on and off the ball. I mean, Dora Goyce came in and she was an all-big sky point guard for two years and then basically played off the ball because of Diaba Canate's development this year. And then Callie Bourne, like when Goyce got hurt before the game in Missoula, Bourne ran the one and she looked like the best point guard in the league. So the fact that they have three players that can play on and off the ball, that gives them such a huge advantage too. It's such a mismatch for other teams in the league. And I think what also separates Idaho State is they're very disciplined, Coulter. I mean, you don't see them lose it too often. And obviously we saw that a little bit with Kentucky, but they run their sets and their open offense um, to a T. They know where to go. They know their options. They know their reads. And they do a, a nice job executing. And a lot of that's coaching, right? I think Coach Sobolewski definitely has that system. He has his system outlined. He's found his personnel. 
Um, and he he's he's coached to his personnel, but he's also stayed true to what he believes in. He's a defensive-minded coach. He wants crashing the glass. He wants the fundamentals covered. And they can weather some of their offensive lulls with good defense. And you've noticed that with Idaho State. They haven't always shot lights out. For sure. They've missed some. I mean, Kelly Board missed a few even in the Kentucky game. And they're usually able to weather that with their good defense. For sure. The... I thought Seton said this on this show, too. He mentioned that when he was evaluating himself as a coach, he's always had a very complex system. They've always run a ton of sets. That's put his teams that have been younger teams kind of far behind. And I think that's why you saw them get the eight or the nine seed, but then make runs to the tournament because they would figure it out late and they would they would be really good by the end of the year. But as he was saying, the fact that now they finally have this core that's been playing together, they don't have to worry about impl- implementing like the basics of the structure. Now they can just add details when it comes to matchups. And I think that just helps them become even harder to guard because they don't have to worry about just the, the basic sets. They can run this action off of this action off of this action. And that's what you get. That's what's going to be the most fascinating part from a coaching perspective is all, if all these cores of players for the top teams in the big sky come back, that same dynamic could exist ac- across the board. And they could even just get better. Right. And so you could just see Idaho State just widening that gap. And I, I do think you have to pick them as the favorites again, obviously. I, I think that they've earned that. And the one thing that I do like about their sets and even their off their motion is they score. They find a way. I mean, they have multiple weapons, and it seems like if one is off, another one steps up. And, you know, we saw some of the struggles with Montana, which we'll get to talking about the Lady Grizz. They couldn't find someone on the offensive end. We saw that more times than, than none with Montana this year. But I think that's what also separates Idaho State is their multiple weapons. Let's talk about Montana schools. I think that Montana State has uh, the most potential of any team in the league, obviously, because they played five freshmen in their rotation, and then their best player, Darren White, is only a sophomore. And they have a couple other great sophomores, too, specifically Madison Jackson. I thought her uh, resurgence down the stretch was key for Montana State. Um, But I'm just so interested to see which one of those freshmen takes the huge jump, because they each sort of played the hero from time to time. They took turns. Lexi Deaton had some big games. Leah Beatty had some big games. Ava Ranson had some big games. Uh, Kendra Lombardo was probably the most consistent contributor, even though she had probably the least big games of those four. I just named. She was in the starting lineup the whole time. But she's the one, to me, that's the most intriguing. Oh, she, she's a 6'3 wing, and, and if she could... I mean, if she takes the next step in skill development, she's going to be a weapon that really no one in the league has. Absolutely. And I, I really like Caitlin on the defense event, too. So yeah. I think that length just adds to Benford's scheme. I thought that Caitlin possessed uh, a maturity this year that was mm-hmm. that's very rare for a freshman to come in and to be that consistent on both ends of the ball. And she, she wasn't high point scorer, but she was consistent enough um, and she was uh, productive enough to put other teammates in position to score. And Montana State finished in the top half. If you want to read a fascinating story, you go to msubobcats.com and read the feature that um, MSU Sports Information wrote on KJ Lamardo. She's from Silver City, New Mexico. That's the first person I've ever heard coming to Montana from New Mexico. I was thinking, how did that happen? Well, she was driving five or six hours a day to go play for an AAU team in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area. Sonny Smallwood, the associate head coach for Trisha Benford, had a lot of ties to Arizona, was at the University of Arizona, and sort of had a, a, a line on, on Lombardo, and that's how they ended up getting her. But I think that's why you see that just love of basketball, because she sacrificed so much to even get to this level. That's such a great find by Sunny. Isn't she awesome? I mean, there's just the recruiting trail that they have and what she's created. She's just phenomenal. 
Good coaching staff. They're doing a really good job. Okay, let's talk Montana. So uh, the big news, obviously, is that after Montana suffered uh, this, I mean, what word do you use? Embarrassing, for lack of a better word. I mean, it was an embarrassing upset in the first round of the Big Sky Tournament. The first time an 11 seed has ever won a game in the in the Big Sky Tournament against the 6 seed. And um, credit to Sac State. They played hard. But it, to me, it was all the Lady Grizz and all mental. They hit this wall, and they just they could not get it back on track. Well, after the loss, then... Montana Athletic Director Kent Haslam, he opens up the the national search. And that was anticipated. He had said that after uh, the dismissal of Shan Swain. He said, hey, we have a hiring freeze on campus right now. Mike Paterno is going to be our interim head coach for a year. Next spring, no matter what happens, we're opening up a national search. Mike will be in the mix heavily, but we're going to open it up. There hasn't been a national search at Montana for the women's basketball job since 1978. That's pretty incredible in itself, but that's what happens when you have a guy that stays for 38 years and wins 865 games like Robin Selvig did. That said, you are one of the people on the search committee. I know you can't tell us about candidates or anything like that, but just give a little insight into the process because this has to be fascinating. I mean, I'm sure that this is a very popular job. You guys are probably getting a lot of interest. We are. I mean, and it's very impressive, and it's such a a tribute to the program and the University of Montana that so many high-level candidates want to come here and move their life, you know, to Missoula and be a part of this community. And, you know, I I think that it's going to be an interesting next few weeks, Coulter, as we, you know, move through the selection process, but it is really neat to see all of these people interested in coming to the University of Montana. With that said, I will say that Rob's tough shoes to fill. You know, there's not going to be another Robin Selvig. And so you hope that someone can find their own identity and take the program to different levels in a different way. Because if you start looking at who's going to fill those shoes, it's just tough. You took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, in my opinion, I know you can't opine on this very much because you do have this role to fill, but in my opinion, I think that trying to replicate what the Lady Grizz has been about from just, just the recruiting footprint and the way that Robin Selvig got, it's like they say in the house that Rob built, bringing girls from ranches and reservations, small town Montana to, to I, I, I don't think it's replicable and it's not, it's not because there's not good talent in Montana. I just don't think that, first of all, Rob had it rolling so hard that it didn't matter if you were coming from a Class C school. You came to Missoula, and you were going to be not a part of really the rotation or anything for a couple years, so you had so much time to develop. Now, that's not the way college basketball works, let alone the way the Lady Grizz work. And so I just I don't think – I think that trying to replicate what Coach Selvig did is just silly. I mean, college basketball and being a head coach of a college basketball team, so much of it is about delegation and leadership. Rob – because he was working with such a shoestring budget for the first 12 to 15 years that he was doing it, there was no real delegation. He had one assistant for the first 12 years, so he knew how to do everything. I just don't think it's it's not it's not realistic to replicate what he did. So therefore, I think that rather than going with somebody with ties to this place or whatever, I just think that they need a fresh start because it doesn't have to be what it was in the past to still be outstanding and great and still embrace the past and use the past as a big advantage, right? Right, and I I look at the Missoula community. I mean, I've definitely had a lot of people telling me their opinion, and I listen. I mean, we've had, I mean, the line at Dairy Queen, and people are giving me feedback as I'm ordering my Blizzard on, you know, what they think should happen. I've been reached out, you know, at lots of different levels, social media, and I encourage that because I do want to hear from our fans. I do want to hear what they're thinking as well, and that's something that is unique in that our fans are so intertwined with the Lady Grizz atmosphere. 
And I think that's just a unique setting. So anyone that comes into this is going to just automatically come into an amazing women's basketball environment. And what they decide to do with it or where they decide to go, whether or not that is Coach Petrino or it is a candidate that comes in, I think they're set up for some success. Well, when you're taking a new job as a head coach, one of the hardest, by the way, you're listening to Nuanez now. It's around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Chris Redbath, our women's basketball analyst, joining me in studio. You, it's impossible to build tradition until you do. That's already taken care of at Montana. It's also one of the most difficult things to build or reignite interest. That doesn't need any help either. There's so much interest. It's one of the great women's basketball communities in the entire country. And so that's why I think that um, barring, you know, uh, some sort of just, I, I just think that there's there's a lot of different directions this could go, all of which could be good. I, I don't think there's one specific type or path that you have to take this down. I think that there's a multitude of different coaches. I think you could hire somebody from a power five. They could come in here and, and use the tradition and recruit, expand the recruiting base. Or I think you could hire a small school coach that could come in here that, you know, could to do it from a completely different perspective. I don't know. I think that there's just a lot of different ways you can go. I don't think one's better than the other. I think that all of them could be equally successful. And I look at Montana State and Montana, and I also, you know, from from being homegrown, right, Colter? Sure. So I'm d- from Crystal down the road, Great Falls, Great yep. Falls um, really proud of those Montana roots. I always like to see Montana kids that develop and get a chance to play here. So you want to find that balance between, you know, nurturing that homegrown talent and bringing in out-of-state or foreign um, presence to be able to build out a roster. And so I think that's something that's also unique and that Montana fans love to, you know, watch Montana kids and they, they do love the out of state girls just as much. So I'm not going to leave that out, but they feel a special connection to some of these families that have been a part of legacies around the state of Montana. Well, in that aspect too, you don't necessarily have to push it in women's basketball as much. A lot of times I think there's more talent in, in men's basketball in the state than, than gets uh, credit. I mean, Look at some of the guys that are playing the NCAA tournament that escaped the state, like Raleigh Wooster, Raekwon Evans. I mean, these guys are from Montana, and uh, they aren't at Montana schools. A testament to the talent. But here nor there, sometimes I think that there are some some guys that get recruited from Montana that, that go to the two Montana schools. They're a little bit force fed. They, you know, they they're going to be the token Montana guy kind of. That's not really the case though in girls basketball because you're just foolish if you don't recruit the best girls players in Montana because there there's no borderline D1. If you're one of the best girls players in Montana, you're you're absolutely division one. A lot of times you're actually probably even better than the Big Sky Conference. Well Coulter, kind of a funny story as we were talking about recruiting and I when I first got to campus after obviously just starting my freshman year and met with Rob on an individual workout and he said to me, Okay, so your shot, you we gotta we gotta change your shot. You gotta develop a jump hook or you're gonna get blocked every single time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why did you even recruit me? Like right. I love to shoot and I, I thought that's why you recruited me and he could see something and I stuck with it and changed it. And sure enough, you know, did pretty well for him, but he had insight into seeing, okay, this is where we can take a kid that's homegrown, you know, great falls has some habits. Maybe doesn't play defense as well as I'd like. um, And let's mold her. You know, and he seemed to do that quite a bit around the state. And you see that players develop, mm-hmm. or, and they've developed well in Montana's system. For sure. And that's been the case even since Coach Selvig left. I think that they have done a good job of developing. I mean, particularly the two posts that we talked about earlier, G. Feller and Anderson, they have both developed a lot. I mean, Abby Anderson was pretty raw when she came here, and now she's a bona fide good, I mean, she, she's always been a good rebounder and a great rim protector, but she's a bona fide offensive player now, too. And that's a tra- testament to the development. So I do think that element uh, still exists. So... Coaching aside, 
Last question for you, then. It is around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Chris Redpath, our women's basketball analyst, joining us for the last one of this season. Head coach aside, what is Montana missing? Well, I think that they have a great on-court presence with Sophia Styles. I think she does so much uh, sure. on the floor. I mean, she plays hard every minute she's out there, and I like the way she plays. She knows basketball. Yes. And I feel like she's got to get some help on the perimeter, and I think that's the biggest piece that you have to see is consistency. I think about the teams that I played on, and you look at like a, a Katie Walker, and she was just a great three-point shooter, and right. she did that very well. And she did it consistently, and she did it when it was asked of her. And that's missing from the Lady Grizz in terms of having that consistency on the offensive end, on the perimeter. I think that you'd like to see some more playmakers, maybe an agile three that can really take it you know, strong to the basket. But I think you got Abby and Carmen that can do a lot of damage in the high-low. Sure. But I think they're missing that consistent presence on the offensive end. And when I look at the games where the Lady Grizz fell short, if they would have had one or two kids that would have gotten hot, they would have been in every single game. They, they just would have been, and they just weren't able to find that. Um, and I think that's something that you have to find at this level. You have to find someone that can score the basketball. I mean, Lady Grizz's wish list for me would be, I, I personally think, I, you, can, you can tell me what you think of this. I, I think that they need to go, I think they should develop Kendall Keller as hard as they possibly can to run the one so that Sophia Styles can play off the ball. Because I think that in, in the half court, she could still run the one sometimes. If you get her the ball, run some ISO, run some pick and roll for her. But I just think if she played off the ball, she'd be a lot more dangerous. And I think whatever you ask of Sophia, she would do. So for I sure. think that if, if that were the case, I mean, Sophia would be the best two that she could possibly be or the top, the best three. And you're right. She does possess the ability to get to the basket. Right. And she is more of a playmaker. But as a floor general, she was running more of, you know, Coach Petrino's open motion offense, which sure. was a lot of fluid movement. They had some freelance you know capabilities in that offense it wasn't as many sets uh as usually how montana runs their offense um so i think you could definitely move sophia around and that gets really interesting if you bring kendall in and she works hard this summer and they're able to to move that around i mean you you just think i mean this is a little bit complex but it's like a make make miss versions of the point guards right If, if sophia styles could absolutely initiate the fast break off a missed shot by the opponent she could be playing essentially the one in a lot of different ways. If you're running your half-court offense and you get into an ISO situation, she becomes the one in that situation. But then if you're talking about after-made baskets or whatever, have Kendall Keller bring the ball up, play styles off the ball, because then she can create, and she can almost become the one when you pass it to her. Do you know what I mean? Right, like right. It's kind of like the, the Cavs do with Kyrie Irving during their a couple years when LeBron. Like LeBron was the point guard off a of miss, and Kyrie Irving's the point guard off a of make. And it, it, it seems complicated, but I just I think what... Styles' IQ is so high that I think that that's where she would be just fine. Like you've always talked about, I mean, she—you can tell she's played, you know, free flowing. A lot of pickup basketball. Yeah, just pickup basketball. She yeah. she can play, you know. I uh, got the she ball. Gets okay. it. Yeah, she doesn't have to have a stringent position. So I think that's an advantage. The other thing, and you mentioned this, this was something that was a Robin Selvig special was always having uh, a girl who, even if they don't get more than four or five shots a game, is always going to hit two threes when you need it. You kick it out of the post, they're standing in the corner, they're going to make that big shot. I mean, there's a, a list of 100 players long that was like that for Lady Grizz. They just got to have it. They If they're going to have these great posts, which they always have, and they always will, they have to have a couple girls that, not the stars, not 10 point or more per game scores, just somebody that can hit one or two open shots every single night. That's the I think, to me, that's the biggest missing link that they have. Well, and also you look at Carmen and, and Abby down low and the pressure they had because there wasn't an offensive presence exactly. on the outside. Exactly. And so everything was keyed in 
on Carmen and Abby. And I think back to the Idaho State games here in, in Missoula that were brutal. And there were the two that I are that I was able to get to one of them the senior night. Um, I was I was amazed at what Abby and Carmen were getting off for shots. Because I'm like, they've got Idaho State defenders just hanging off of them. And they're getting good shots. And so if you can imagine that if the Lady Grizz do find that offensive weapon on the perimeter they could be really tough um, because it's going to open up their dimensional game and it won't make them so focused on what's going on inside. Around the big sky with... In- I can't even talk. I'm so sad that the segment is I know. over. I'm so sad too, <laughs> Around the Big Sky Women's Hoop is Chris Redpath. Thanks so much to our great sponsors, both Pangea and Staven Hoop. They brought this to you for the last three months. This was a great new addition to the show. Chris, you've done an awesome job. Thank you for Thank always you, being so prepared. And uh, we will absolutely be keeping this segment alive. And uh, hopefully basketball season starts uh, in October instead of doing this beginning in January next year. But either way, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. And this has been uh, really fun so we appreciate you joining us here on Nuanas now thank you Coulter we're late but that's okay we're always late more Grizz talk except for we're hitting the pitch after this honestly all things considered the best thing going in the University of Montana right now is the women's soccer team they're the defending Big Sky champs they they don't give up goals they don't give up goals Claire Howard is an all-american caliber goalie they had I think 11 shutouts last year they already have three this year, they're off to a 3-0 start. They're playing their first home set this weekend against Portland State. Got up with Chris Chitovitsky earlier today, the head coach for the Lady Grizz soccer team. We'll learn all about his talented squad right after this, right here on Nuanas Now. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 